Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We are coming at you strong today on a Monday. We are here with Jessica Benefield. She is the owner and chef at 210 Jack. She's also the champion of champions in the Iron Fork competition the Nashville scene does. She's the only person that's won it twice. Uh, she's also a super good friend of mine for over 15 years. Uh, love Jess and Trey, her husband. So we talked today about kind of all the things. She used to own the, the Green Pheasant, which uh, sadly had to close during the pandemic. And she, she's just an amazing person. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to tell you guys, I'm making a push. We're making a push for subscribers, and I need your help. I don't do a lot of call to actions, but today we have a call to action. I would love to see you share, tell anybody about this podcast. I'd love to see people make some posts, let people know what your favorite episode is. If you go back to Anchor, you can copy any episode, find your favorite episode, and share it. I'd love to see some posts where people are sharing away and getting the word out about Nashville Restaurant Radio. It would mean a ton to me trying to build up some subscribers and let some people know. So if you're one of the people that are listening every single week, it would mean the world to me if you would share. Uh, also find us on uh, YouTube, like that video, and subscribe to our YouTube channel because you get to see videos. This episode actually came out on Saturday on YouTube. And uh, it's here Monday, and you didn't even know it was out two days early. So if you subscribe to YouTube, you will know this episode is out. So thank you so much. Today, we have a brand new sponsor. We are so excited to welcome in Spot On. We're going to bring in Steve Coulson, who is waiting in the wings. There he is. What's up, Steve? Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Good morning. Man, I'm doing wonderful. I'm, I'm so excited to have you guys on and to let people know about what you guys do. So give us the 90-second elevator speech, Steve. What is Spot On? All right. Well, thank you. Spot On is a technology company. We're a software company um, headquartered in San Rafael, California. We've got offices all across the country, Detroit, Michigan. We are uh, we, we basically are coming up and strong in the restaurant space with our restaurant uh, POS offering online ordering integration etc but we uh we are here to help restaurants awesome so you do pos you know kind of food cost back office management stuff inventory to go delivery integration all that stuff that is correct it's we are basically uh you can consider us a one-stop shop for your restaurant technology needs um we have our point of sale system which is very customizable uh, for, for the restaurant. So we build it as you want it, basically. So it's not like if I call you and say, hey, I need a new POS system, you say, great, we have all of these things and you have to buy them all. You can, it's kind of like buying a car. You can buy like the base model, which is just, I need a POS system to ring food in and send it to the kitchen, or I need to be able to identify theoreticals and cost out my menu and integrate with third-party delivery companies and do to go online you do all of that absolutely so yeah for for our own platform you know the basis of the platform we do have the online integrated delivery as well 
but we are able, like you mentioned, to integrate the third-party delivery apps that uh, a lot of restaurants are using. And uh, as you know, they, you know, those can kind of create some little bit of a problem as far as having to monitor tablets, uh, making sure orders are entered correctly, things of that nature. So we kind of help eliminate those problems of being able to integrate those platforms into the point of sale. Wow, that's, you know what, that's technology is so vital today in operating a restaurant really cost effectively. Um, I remember back in the day, you used to have to write down on a little chit, like what the order was and you stuck it in the well, like everything is going digital now. And if you want real time numbers, all of the things that you need, there's a lot of companies out there spot on. Uh, is amazing. You can call Steve Coulson right now, 615-480-6282. If you're watching this, it's scrolling along the bottom of your screen. Uh, you can also check them out. If you're curious and you're like, what is Spot On? And you just want to do some research on your own, you can go to spoton.com or you can visit our webpage at www.nashvillerestaurantradio.com. Click the sponsors tab and you can go down and you can see the hyperlink for Spot On. Guys, we are so excited to have Spot On as a sponsor. We, as always, our, our advertising policy is we don't take any money from restaurants. That's not what we're here to do. Really, we just, to operate this thing, uh, we need sponsors so that we can continue to do it. And these guys over at Spot On are like, dude, we love what you're doing. Let's continue doing it. And I couldn't be more excited to have you on board, Steve. Awesome, Brandon. I really appreciate uh, you know, being, out, have, being able to be here with you and talk with you and the opportunity to share about Spot On. Well, I cannot wait to continue to share more. I want to spend, as we continue to do these, these on brands and as we keep talking about you, I can't wait to dig into some of the nuts and the bolts of the individual things that you do. Um, this is just awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to it. Steve, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you joining us today and we look forward to seeing you real soon. All right. Thanks, Brandon. All right, buddy. All right, so there it is, Steve Coulson with Spot On. I'm so excited to have them on as a new sponsor. And you should go check them out. Again, give Steve a call, 615-480-6282, or visit spoton.com for you to learn more. We're going to jump right in right now. Jessica Benefield, you're going to love this episode. Have a great week. Super excited today, and that's an understatement, honestly. Like, I am over the moon excited to talk to my good friend, Jess Benefield. She is the owner and chef at 210 Jack. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a year, but here we are. <laughs> it has been one hell of a year. And today, mask mandate is lifted, and apparently we're yeah. back to normal. Everything is back to normal today. Uh, yeah, pandemic's over. Everything's fine. Um, that's it. Hop on those planes. <laughs> we're, we're going to Mexico, guys. Yeah, yeah. here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> it has wow. been a hell of a year. And I started this podcast in March of 2020. And I contacted you in April of 2020. Yeah. And I said, Jess, I've got this new thing. It's a podcast. I'd love to have you come on. And you were like, dude. <laughs> Like life is so fucked right now. Yeah. And like, I don't even know what to tell you. Um, I don't think I'm in any condition to come on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I was like everyone else, I'm sure just in a complete state of shock. I mean, it, you kind of saw it coming. I think my first inclination that something was really, really wrong was when Italy shut down uh, and just closed. 
basically. And I mean, that just kind of made everybody stop and, and just look at things a little, I think a little differently and be like, what's going on? So we knew something was coming. Um, but when it got here and we just saw what was happening and all the restaurants that started closing and stuff, it was, uh, it was just a nightmare. It was nothing that we've ever obviously dealt with before. Um, so yeah, well, since, I was just kind of in a since, state of shock. Since we're talking about the pandemic and it's, you know, it's over today. So I want to stop talking about it. That's right. That's uh, right. You are, you, so I say that kind of tongue in cheek because obviously it's not over, but 100%. the CDC has lifted. They've said, if you have been vaccinated, double vaccinated, you can do kind of whatever you want. You're, you're, yeah. you're good to go. And that is cool. That is, that is a fun thing. Uh, but it has been an absolutely crazy year. And you've been one of those people who um, have kind of been through the ringer. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I mean, last time I talked to you, you were you didn't know what to do. You were like, emotional because you had to let your entire staff go. Mm -hmm. And you had one of the most amazing restaurants in the Green Pheasant. Thanks. And I'm, I'm just going to open a wound here. Great. Let's but you it. had to close the Green Pheasant. Let's, can we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we furloughed, you know, between all the stores, it was um, around 170 employees, um, which was just really difficult. Um, it was really sad, you know, and I definitely cried through it. Um, I've, you know, I've told people many times, like when you go to a restaurant and you're applying for work, uh, and they're just like, we're just like one big family as they always run, just run when they say that. That's just terrifying. They just mean it's like a cult in there. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but it really is, you know, I mean, like what now, you know, 20 years later into it, it's, uh, I mean, it really is just like, it's a family and you care about people and you care about their children. Um, you care about their well-being. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't have any answers for them. Uh, it's awful. It was awful. You know, and then, I mean, on top of it, yeah, having this big, beautiful restaurant that had just gotten like best new restaurant in Nashville and stuff, it was on this great trajectory. It had been a really rough year because it was a, a huge restaurant. It was a huge undertaking. Big um, restaurant. So, I mean, it was, it was a, a really hard year leading up to the hard year of the pandemic. Um, but the trajectory it was on was just incredible. I had all this momentum. Um, and so it's just kind of like getting everything really, really cranked up. I mean, you're like going 120 and you just smash into a wall was essentially what it felt like. Mm. Um, you know, and then the fear of just not knowing what was going to happen with anything. Uh, and when you've been in the restaurant industry like me for, um, you know, at least, uh, you know, <laughs> since I was 15. So at least, you know, what, 15 years. So I'm only 30, right? Um, I was going to say, what did <laughs> you learn to do math? I like this. My math. Like I have been in the restaurants for nine years. This it's post-pandemic math. We just calculate differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's just crazy to think about going out there, thinking about finding work, thinking about doing something, because we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, when you don't know if you're going to close all three restaurants at some point. Um, you know, Trey and I both had a big, what are we going to do? This is all we're good at kind of re uh, revelation, if you will. I think that one of the issues a lot of people are dealing with right now, and I don't want to get off the topic of you closing Green Pheasant because I, I, I know that was a tough thing, but the hiring issues that people are having right now is, yeah. is a 
is a major deal. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. I had a really good point, Jess. And I'm, just, I'm just lost with it. It It's not going to come back. It will come back. But uh, well, I mean, I if we moving... talk about like the hiring kind of, you know, maybe that's the new epidemic now. Um, well, I mean, it is. But I think a lot of people saw how fragile um, their current career choices were when all of that happened. Um, Because it wasn't just like an office shutdown. It wasn't um, that people were downsizing. Um, It was just you have a job and then you don't. And it was because no fault of your own. And it's indefinite. Uh, And then when you come back to work, it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be hard. You're going to be hot and in a mask working for, you know, what, four to 12 hours, depending. Um, People are not, you know, people are going to be on the other. In a restaurant setting where the people who are dining there are always on edge and, Mm -hmm. you know. You get them at a very vulnerable point when they're hungry, um, when they're with their families that they don't necessarily want to be having dinner with sometimes. (laughs) Uh, you know, or they've got a fussy baby or they've got a baby at home that they're worried about. You know, people go to restaurants to like mourn things, celebrate things, you know, have a, a reunion, you know, get back together. So, um, you know, it's not always just hanging out. Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. Let's just grab a bite to eat. You know, there's a lot of occasions. Um, and so you just, yeah, I mean, the guests, for the most part, I think have been wonderful. But I think for staff, it was really um, I think it was a real shock. So on top of dealing with the fact that the there was a global pandemic, um, they just really saw the fragility in, in this industry. And then to see the lack of anyone taking care of us um, on a federal level, I think was really hard. Um, and then everyone got so much flack. Um, you know, I think for staff having to hear about how lazy they were living off of $600 a week and um, not going back to work and things like that, I, you know, it's just a, it's already a, a unappreciated industry, um, on a lot of levels. And so, you know, to feel all of that kind of at once, and then for that to happen continuously for 12 months, a lot of people have left the industry and I don't blame them. That's what I was going to, that, that's what I was going to say. You and Trey haven't decided what you want to do. And I think that a lot of really talented people, really talented people who are in our industry. And this is, this is the travesty of the whole thing. In my opinion, right. the people who are really good, the guys who are, who are multifaceted could do many different things, identified the vulnerability in this industry with this, with this pandemic. And they went, Hey, I can do other things. Yeah, people have gone on to do other things. They're in other industries now. They're really sharp people. Uh, I think a lot of them stayed, but like I think we lost a good number of people to just doing other things. Yeah, you know, little things that may have been a hobby before. I mean, if you were, you know, good with computers and could do, you know, let's say IT on any level, uh, you know, maybe somebody picked up a part-time job doing that. Medical billing, things you can do from home that you're you had the time. Um, to just kind of learn something else. I mean, maybe people are just taking surveys at home and getting paid for taking surveys. I don't know. Uh, but I think that everyone had the time to kind of sit and figure out something else to supplement an income. And in the uncertainty of what was going to happen, um, you know, and 
maybe those hobbies have just become something that can pay the bills, something sustainable until they figure it out. New careers, um, whatever it is. Podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> podcasts are huge. Twitch, you know, I have friends that are streaming on Twitch now, like a, a several DJ friends who used to play live, you know, five, six days a week uh, out doing all, you know, at Acme or at bars and, and stuff. And um, several of them just started Twitch accounts and they stream and are making a living doing that. I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I keep having these thoughts and they keep going away, Jess. I don't know what's going on this morning. Well, let's just plug one of them. It's at Rate Wonder if you're looking at Twitch ever. He's great. Nick Melitis. Yeah. As many Holla as you got. Holla Rate. Yeah, I think that this whole thing is, it's nice that it's, it's, it's going to be coming to an end. And I'm excited to get back to some normalcy. And I see a ton mm -hmm. of it going on right now downtown. It's out of control. Like what's happening downtown right now? Have you been downtown at all? I haven't, but uh, <laughs> I drive through downtown once a week uh, to go to the bank, and um, I love. I'm doing it after this after after this podcast. Actually, it's kind of one of my favorite activities on a Friday is driving through downtown and getting behind like the big, you know, hot tub bar trailer. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just nothing like it. Nothing like a you know somebody throwing up out the side of a hot tub trailer at 10:30 on a Friday morning. Uh, that's one of the best things. Do you does yeah. does all of the insanity downtown bother you? Does what's happening to Nashville cuz you and I go way back. Yeah, I mean I know you're an old school Nashvilleian like Yeah. Does it bother you? Does like the honk, does the, the the hot tub pickup truck that goes down the street and like the jacked up you know, trucks and the, the tractor that pulls the, the wagon full of bachelorettes, the pedal taverns. Does that stuff like make you mad? No, it definitely doesn't make me mad. Um, you know, there are, I mean, I would say on, you know, the level that it angers me at all, um, what's happening in Nashville is that I wish we, I wish that we did a better job holding on to like old buildings, um, you know, old establishments. I wish that we cared more about some stuff. Um, and, you know, I hate seeing a lot of the kind of like cheap, like 1988 brick things, go, you know, the tall skinnies over here that go up and it's just uh. that crap brick. And um, I, I wish that that didn't happen. But as far as, you know, downtown, I remember in high school driving, you you know, you used to just do the, the loop on just Second cruise. Avenue. Yeah, and <laughs> all you did was go around it. Like, you know, you're just cruising with the your Union, you get on the Union to Fifth, go down That's Fifth it. and go back around. It was a loop. You know the loop. And it was and it was Second Avenue was the spot yeah. to hang. It wasn't Broadway. Yeah. It was you go on Second all. Avenue. Second Avenue. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we we did the loop, right? And that's that's what downtown was. I mean, that's that's it. The big exciting part in high school is when, you know, the melting pot opened and we got to go there for prom. Um but it, Graham Central Station. I mean, Graham Central Station. But, but I, I think cafe. Uh, yeah, I mean the Mix Factory. Remember the Mix Factory oh, back Mix in factory. the day? I don't know I mean, that I, I have uh, real memories of the Mix Factory, given the drinking that was probably happening inside of there. Uh, but yeah, I know I went for sure. Yeah, I, I know I was there too. Graham Central Station, I remember a little bit better, standing in line to get in there, and it being like yeah. the club with my fake okay. ID and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, do we miss any of that? No. Would we go to any of that? No. And otherwise, there just wasn't anything 
downtown, really. I mean, it just didn't um, have, it didn't draw in tourists. And now it brings a lot of money to the city. Um, so what do I care? I'm not going down there anyways. And if I do, it's just kind of funny. And everybody's having a really great time. It's not like you go down there and there's people being mean and crappy to each other. You know, I mean, everybody's just having Thank a blast. You. Let them have a damn blast. What do I care? I, 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 <laughs> Thank you, because you're you're much good, and you're actually you actually drive through downtown, right? Yeah. There's so many people that I know who live in Franklin and are like, "Oh, I hate all the damn pedal taverns. They're always getting in." I'm like, yeah, "Why you, you, you live in Franklin? Like, it doesn't matter." Have you seen the people on pedal taverns? Yeah. Like they are having more fun than should be legal. Like the people in those party buses that are just going crazy. They're having like, a blast. They're having the time of their lives in Nashville. And I'm like, more power to them. That is yeah. so fun. I mean, I have no idea why we are the bachelorette capital of the country. I don't know why that exists. I don't know what people are doing. But whatever it is, um, they're having a great time doing it. They're coming here. Bars take their money. You know, we get it in taxes. Our roads are great. Somebody fixed 440 finally. Uh, you know, what do I have to complain about? Well, I think that the proximity of all the bars on Broadway, how there's like 50 bars within like five blocks. Yeah. And there's no cover at any of them. And it's relatively safe. So, I mean, you're in a well-lit area where there's like exactly. this proximity of bars that I don't know of any, like not even Vegas. Yeah. Has that many bars that close to each other. Every single one of them has live music. Yep. There's all and you get to, so in you can see the Bachelorette angle. Sure. I mean, there's always something to do. And that is something as a Nashvilleian that I think um, we, growing up with it, you might just kind of get numb to it. But um, there's always something to do. If you're sitting around and you're just, I mean, there's nothing to do. There's some, there's live music somewhere. There's live music at like at least 20 different places that you can just go sit somewhere and listen to music. Uh, and it's not like that, you know, anywhere else that I've been. For sure. Um, no, it's short nice. of maybe you... New Orleans or something, which is awesome. And there's a lot of live music, but Bourbon Street's um, very similar, I guess. Uh, what yeah, but is your... I mean, Bourbon Street is kind of like I don't know. Bourbon Street's so fun. I, New Orleans is so fun, but I mean, Bourbon Street's kind of you know it's a little grimier, I think, than downtown. But I haven't hung out downtown oh, yeah. so, in Nashville, so I don't really, I really don't know. But exactly like you're saying, it's safe. Um, people are having a great time. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of arrests happening. There's not, you know, gun violence happening downtown, you know, every Friday night. Um, there are not people getting, you know, mugged or, you know, like not on wood, please. Where, where I know, right. We? All of this is going to happen tonight. <laughs> like tonight. Great. Um, <laughs> bringing that <laughs> Thanks, energy to the yes. world. Uh, so what do you yeah, do? I so mean, so yeah, people, when they get super mad, and I know that we're, we just sound like old crotchety you know, oh, those whippersnappers downtown and their tractors. But I mean, I think that's great. They're just having a good time. Leave them alone. They're having a blast. Yeah. So, what do you do? So you don't go downtown. You're not a honky tonker. Um, this is the this is the question that. So I drive Uber every once in a while. Um, oh, cool. I used to, and it's just like the funnest thing I do. But I just talk to these people when they get into town, and I'm like, "Where are you from? What are you doing? Why are you yeah. going where you're going? Like, where are you going?" When you go out, like, what are your haunts? Um, I mean, it's it's been a year, uh, but when I've used to go out, um, I mean, I'm I'm hard pressed to cross the river, and uh, I am 
I do like to stick yeah. to my neighborhood. So like, yeah, I mean, Attaboy and um, Fox, over here, right? <laughs> Attaboy and Fox are kind of my go-to's over here um, for you know a nice drink, hang out, meet friends there. Um, I don't drink very much, so I not anymore. So I like to have one or two really good cocktails, um, and then restaurants. You know, it's I, I mean I'm hard pressed. I, you know, pre-pandemic we had this boom of opening restaurants, right? I mean, every oh, week, yeah. 20, 25 restaurants opening. It was insane. Um, and I just wasn't, I mean, we're so busy. Uh, you know, we train our, in our daily lives and, um, you know, we try to save and invest and do things. So, you know, we budget ourselves and our disposable income isn't crazy. And I just am one of those ones that needs kind of the sure thing. Um, so as much as I'd like to say, I've tried all these new restaurants. Yeah. It's Rolf and Daughters, City House, Folk. I just kind of end up at my, my go-tos because I know what I'm going to get. Like, you know, you know, you're going to get great service. You know, you're going to get great food. You know, it's not going to, there's no part of it that's going to be a letdown. Um, so it's your sure thing, you know. That's uh, that there's a lot of truth in that when you know, when you, when you, when you're that busy, like we have two kids, you know, so it's like you go out and you get date nights like once every couple months. And it's like, right. when we go out, we'd like to try something new, but sometimes it's like, I'm so, I have so much anticipation built up about spending time with my wife for a minute that like, I just want to go somewhere. I'm not going to be disappointed in the food and I know it's going to be really good. Yeah. Sometimes that's the local Mexican restaurant down the street and it's the best. Oh yeah. I mean, there are nights where I'm like, if you don't take me to Super Rica, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Uh, I love Super Rica. Have I'm you got to do any of the pandemic pop-ups? No. Sorry. Hold on. Puppy duty. <laughs> okay. Do you have? Um, is this a new puppy that you 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 got here? Yeah, I got you. Come Tell here. us about him. Her. Come on. It's a him. Come here, buddy. Oh, he's gonna be camera shy now. Come on. He is not gonna be camera shy because he wants. A chicken jerky. <laughs> this is moon. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> He's a little dachshund. He looks like a cow, so his name is Moo. Oh my <laughs> if you are watching, if you're listening to this right now, just <laughs> stop listening to this. And <laughs> go to YouTube. Go to YouTube <laughs> and click on this video about 21 minutes in. <laughs> And look at the dog because holy cow. He's, he's very cute. Moo is adorable. Yeah. And uh, so you said that you quit drinking or you slowed down drinking. Why did you slow? Is this a pandemic thing? Is this a, cause I, no. I quit drinking altogether. Yeah. Trey did too. Um, he has, he, Trey's been sober. It'll be, two, uh, what, where, what day is it? Um, it's coming up. He's got, he'll be two years sober in like three weeks. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's not like a recovery thing. He's not, you know, it's, it was just, he needed a break and felt like he yeah. needed a break and going through opening green pheasant and all of that stuff. We were both, uh, you know, drinking more than new, normal, um, you know, the stress and just kind of to make your brain stop at the end of the day, um, go to sleep, then, you know, it, it's just bad habits. So um, I'm, I'm really a social drinker anyway, so I don't normally drink at home, but now it's, 
you know, we've kind of developed our little routine of, you know, a porch situation. I'll make a margarita and he'll hang out and, you know, have a non-alcoholic beer or something. And, um, or now we get all the CBD drinks. The CBD drinks are great. So yeah. Those, um, I say, do yeah. you still have THC? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I had uh, Sean. I had Sean Porter on Friday, and he has a beer box that I was blown away. He has a beer box that holds eighteen local brews. It's the Daddy's Beer Box. Oh, nice! And in the beer box comes one can that is a stash can. It's an aluminum can that you have to twist oh, the top yeah, off yeah. of. Inside the can <laughs> has some CBD, and it has a mouthpiece and a bowl. What? And in this beer box, you take the beer box and you tape it up, the whole box, and then you can put the bowl in the top of the box, and then you put the mouthpiece in the side of the box, and it has a carb, and you can use this box to smoke. Man, if I had had that in high school. I was just like, dude, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. The beer box that he turned into like a bong. He goes, sometimes I fill it with ice, man, and I just do it. I'm like... Oh yeah, ice bomb hits. Yeah, okay, all right. Because it chills it out real nice. Like, <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, I I'm kind of um, on the all all sober front, but I've found CBD. Yeah. And Delta Eight. Delta Eight is uh, is I good mean, stuff and it's legal. If I could throw up a gang sign for Delta Eight, I don't know. <laughs> That's for sure <laughs> been helpful. Uh, yes, for yeah. sure been helpful. But yeah, I mean, on the sober front, I think it wasn't a pandemic thing so much, but um, maybe more of a turning 40 thing. Uh, I think now that the hangovers last three days, it's a little, you know, I got to really want that that next drink, that third or fourth drink uh, pretty bad to be hungover for a couple of days after. So, you know where I, uh, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> We did my 40th dinner uh, for a concert over at uh, the Green Pheasant. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, 40th. Thank you. It, was, it was amazing. It was that it was that dinner was awesome. Yeah. So I've known you, uh, you know, funny story. You were bartending at Blackstone mm-hmm. back in the day. I, used, I was the manager next door at Amerigo. Right. And I went on my third date with my wife. Um, we, we met at Blackstone. You were bartending that night. Oh, how funny. My third date with my wife and September, we will celebrate, uh, 16 years of marriage. Well, I'm sure it was the witty banter and that well poured <laughs> beer, uh, that just really made that date, that third date. Awesome. And she knew she just didn't want to go anywhere. We are going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, Jess is going to tell us when she started cooking and her whole history. Stay tuned. Complete Health Partners is your solution to offering your staff better benefits. It's a very difficult climate out there to hire people. And if you're not offering health insurance, it can be tough. Complete Health Partners has you covered. With three Nashville locations, you're always close to urgent care. Whether you're sick with a cold or flu, you need COVID testing, even x-rays, lab tests, or you can get your stitches stitched there. You can offer this value to all of your employees for one low cost. If you want to learn more, send an email to completecare 
at completehealthpartners.com. That's completecare at completehealthpartners.com. And let them know you heard about them on Nashville Restaurant Radio. When talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges, never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven-day delivery, access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life, and allowing you fresher product. 24-7 customer support. Call, text, chat, email, anytime, from anywhere. Uh, They take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. They have a very they have very diverse product lines. So their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online. They truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Do you remember those days like back then, like bartending yeah. at Blackstone? And you were cooking too, weren't you? I did. Um, I mean, you were so doing cooking then too? I had, yeah, a little bit. I had always wanted to. Um, I started hosting at Bosco's when Bosco's opened. That was my first little hosting job. 15 years old, almost 16 <laughs> Uh, and I kind of immediately wanted to get back in the kitchen. They had, I don't know, those guys were just, it's like, they, they were like Game of Thrones guys to me. I mean, they were just, you know, soldiers and I mean, they might as well have had swords. And to me at 15 years old, like they were, they were just thrilling. Like I was just amazed at kitchen, kitchen guys. Um, and so I wanted to be back there. And of course, you know, and I started talking about it at like 17 or something. Well, I'm going to be 18 soon. Can I cook? And um, I got the standard, you know, all the guy managers were just like, oh, no, it's hot back there. You don't want to do that. You should just be out front and all this stuff. And so I got put off for years and years. But finally, at Blackstone, there was, you know, I'd been talking to them and I would just kind of show up and start prepping. Um, I just wanted to learn stuff in the mornings. And then... I think one of the salad guys like didn't called out for a lunch shift or something and I was supposed to be serving. Um, so I just popped back there and got to work his shift. So, and that turned into a, you know, one or two days a week, uh, I'd be doing the salad station at lunch and serving at night or coming in at prepping. And, um, yeah, I just, I loved it. And I, I mean, I, I love serving. I love hospitality in general. I love everything about a restaurant, but, uh, at a certain point, I think I just got, you know, you just get a little burned out. I got to let myself get a little too snarky and it was time. <laughs> hey, we to, all do. Trying to put me back in the kitchen. It's time to move well, on hey. So hey. you, so back then you didn't like, let's talk about that progression. So you went from being in the kitchen there, kind of working salad station. Mm-hmm. Where did you go after Blackstone? So Clay Greenberg, who owned Silo and. You were at Virago, weren't you? Yeah. Well, I went over to Layla first. Oh, um, so wow. I, was doing, I did one or two nights like expoing at Virago and then was over at Layla. Uh, which was Layla a, Rule. Whole nother situation. Yeah. Damn, Layla. What a place that was. 
what a place that was. RIP Layla. So, um, and you know, South street boundary. I love that little, that little, I mean that, you know, that little area right there is just fun. Um, that was, that's like old school local place to go hang though. That was like, yeah. there was no tourists. That was just. No, that treehouse bar at, at South street is, that was always my jam. Lots of late nights spent up there. I heard South street may be coming back. I would love that. I love. I South heard a little rumor. I'm not saying who or where or anything like that. I just heard rumor that South Street may be coming back. That would be incredible. That would be awesome. Um, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? That would be so cool. I loved South Street for every. I mean, forever. I love South Street. So but, Layla and Virago and Virago. Yeah. So Clay. Clay is like one of my favorite people because I was at Creation mm -hmm. Gardens when Clay was at Virago, and one of my favorite things to do was go upstairs into that tiny little office at the top. Yeah up there yeah. at Virago and I would just sit and talk to Clay and he was like one of the people who everybody was like afraid of because he was <laughs> I mean he was very matter of fact he knew his yeah. shit he didn't he didn't pull punches but I like liked that I was yeah. like good I don't want somebody to shirtcoat stuff for me tell me what's up and he was kind of like a little mentor to me as a as a creation gardener and <laughs> uh, gardener that's a, that's a new term I just made up, a creation okay. gardener. I love it. And I, I love that. I mean, he was like a teacher. So, I mean, was he that way for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Clay was great. And um, he kind of just yanked me out of bartending. Um, you know, a girlfriend of mine at the time who was working at Virago had told him that, <clears throat> that I was really just ready to make a career jump. I just didn't kind of have... Uh, needed a slight comfortable place to fall because the whole thing was going to be uncomfortable. And so he just came into the bar and got me, um, essentially just was like, come on, he gave me his business card and was, you know, just, I'll, you know, let's go, let's you go. don't need anymore. Let's do it. Let's do something else. So yeah, he pulled me into Layla and, uh, I learned a lot with him. And then I went and opened Lime with him before Tavern was there. Uh, and so I, then like I was doing, lime. and then people closed. So then I was doing Lime and Virago back and forth. Um, and that was old Virago, the old location Virago. Old Virago, yeah, yeah, which was on yeah. Division Street. Now I think it is, is it a I mean, I think place? it's technically still on Division and McGavick, right? But <laughs> no. The, Vir the old Virago, Division yeah. and I don't know. I mean, the corner is McGavick. A... Yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I want to say the place is like baked or something, like the baked cookies or something like that. I yeah. think that's what's there now. Um, anyway, uh, so you're there, you do that, and you did you just fall in love with being in a kitchen? Like how? Because yeah. you're like an amazing chef. You're no. the champion. You're like the champion of champions. I am the champion of champions of, when it you, comes to Iron Fork. You are the champion of champions. Yeah. So you were you were Virago in Lime. Where'd you go next? What was your next play? Um, what did I do with Virago and Lime? So I went back and forth. I actually ended up doing a stint, a, some more work at Blackstone. Um, and new Virago was being built. So Lime okay. closed. Um, and then they were flipping that. They were moving Virago. So I kind of like in the intermediary area was working uh, at Blackstone, so I'm just picking up bar shifts and working in the kitchen there. And then when New Virago was moved and opened, I went over to the new new location there. So let's talk about your progression. You mentioned earlier that 
when you were at Blackstone, you were like, hey, I want to go work in the kitchen. They're like, no, you're a girl. Stay out front. Yeah. And there was like these. It's it's a systemic thing, I think, in restaurants that we've every single person in this industry in a leadership role needs to be working against um, that any sort of a mentality that is, oh, you're a girl. You should be at the host stand or you should be serving or bartending like. No, girls rock and they deserve to be in the kitchen too, like yeah. 100%. Um, how much of that did you deal with coming through the ranks, like from Blackstone? I mean, obviously, Clay's super amazing, but like, yeah. how much bullshit did you have to deal with to, to, to get to that point? I, looking back, I feel like it was a, a lot more than I recognized at the time. Um, you know, things were... I don't want to say they were they were no more acceptable than they are now, but it, you know maybe in a broad sense and it is a generality. It was that was just kind of normal. That was what you got. That was the status quo. Um, so you do you know you did fight against that, and you, I'm sure you still do to a certain extent. Um, but it wasn't you know I mean for me it wasn't necessarily horrible, but I've never really had a problem just kind of shoving my way into places. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you can tell me no, but then I'll show up for free and just start doing stuff. And then um, I like to figure out how things are done and and do everything I'm doing pretty well. So I don't, I, I really hate being bad at something. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say a little bit more looking back than I recognized at the time, but at the time it just didn't seem like, you know, much people would say that and put off and it was, it felt weird, but it, um, definitely didn't stop me. So taking that into the new Virago opens and I don't, I, I, I don't know what you can say about this. And I know that there is legal things and I, I, I don't know what's going on. So tell me if I, I'm going to tell you what I've read in the news and then I'll okay. ask you to comment on basic stuff. How does that sound? Okay. You took the executive, <laughs> you, you were the executive chef at the new Virago. I was. You can confirm that. <laughs> I can confirm that that was my position. Yes. And there was a point in which you stopped being the executive chef at Virago, and you were very upset with the way that they were treating you. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm not. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say the way that they were treating you because they, as a general term, that people inside the building who worked there, um, were treating you based upon your sex. Was that an accurate way to say it, or just? <laughs> is it, uh, I, I heard that there was. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. what was in the news oh, a yeah, long time I mean, ago. What year was this? I God, I don't even remember. Well, yes, I do. Um, let's see. I got married. No, I don't remember. When I got married in 2011, um, so it would have been 2013, I suppose. Okay. So um, eight eight years away from that. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. Um, in Nashville years, that's like 20 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Fe it feels, it's been a long <laughs> eight years. Um, let's see, in pandemic years, it's been 184 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, what I think I, you know, should say about that is that I think it was a learning experience for everyone involved. Um, there's, you know, if, if you're still out, if you're out there listening to this and you're you know, still underemployed or unemployed and got free time, feel free to Google my name uh, attached with Virago and you can read whatever is out there. There's the 
full situation is on the internet forever, unfortunately. But um, I think that everyone involved learned a lot through that process. I think that that was a difficult time, um, especially in hospitality. Um, and I think that for a really long time, and it, it's certainly not, you know, Virago alone by any means, um, you know, all restaurants that I've ever worked in, um, you know, even Blackstone, which was wonderful and home to me for 10 years, um, it was nothing to go back in the kitchen and have, you know, hey, mommy, and, you know, people are, you know, some, you always got hit on, um, you would get, you know, halfway groped. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It was a restaurant and it's, you know, the, our industry is known for that. Um, so for it to, you know, for to, for me to say that it's any one place or another, uh, was doing anything any differently, you know, they weren't necessarily, it just culminated to a point. Um, I chose to do something about it and, um, yeah. Where did you find the courage to do that? I mean, cause it's, like you said, it's a, it's a thing that happens all over the city and all over the world in restaurants. It's a weird, crazy culture, yeah. but you had the courage to stand up to it and say, no more. Yeah. And there's, I mean, this is happening all over the city in all the restaurants and you stood up and you said, I'm not taking this shit. Well, thank you. I'm certainly no hero <laughs> for doing it. Uh, but I, I, I disagree. I think you are. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it for me, you know, I think that and and if we if we circle back to hiring and where um, my staffing levels are and what I'm dealing with, we'll talk about it more. But I think having I'm a Pisces and an Enneagram, too. So I am uh, I express myself through tears and I am high, high level empath empath. Um, and it's kind of impossible for me to not put myself in other people's shoes and feel what they're feeling and uh, see things through their eyes. And so when you have um, in any restaurant setting, you know, uh, that you consider to be toxic on any level, um, when you've got a lot of other girls around you that feel they can't say something or not do something um, or don't know what to do, but they're upset and kind of sad coming into work every day, um, it's just, for me, it just lands on me in a different place, you know, personally. I understand that. Yeah. Well, that's good. You said, you made the comment, you said, we all learned a lot through this. I'm mm -hmm. sure that um, the the group that you worked for um, right. learned a lot, but what did you learn? I mean, I'm sure you took a ton out of this. What did you learn from that whole experience? Um, We're going to take one more short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, so here's the thing. It's impossible to find a linen company who you can trust, who you like, who uh, you'd recommend. And if you're at a restaurant right now and you're looking for that company, you're unhappy with who you're currently using, and you want to start sourcing out, but you're waiting for recommendations, right now is your lucky day. Cytex is a third-generation, family-owned and operated linen, mats, and uniform company. They really are the good guys in the linen business. They're transparent with their pricing, they have incredible quality, and their service is second to none. Check them out at Cytex-Corp.com or give Ross Chandler a call at 270-823-2468. 
SuperSource is the answer to your dish machine and chemical needs in your restaurant. They've got zero minimums and zero contracts, so they have to earn your business every single week. Zero minimums. Zero. They're not going to make you sign a five-year contract, even if you lease the dish machine from them. It's amazing. Jason Ellis is a hard-working man, and he is here to help save you money, increase the cleanliness of your dishes, and provide the best service in Nashville. So check them out. Go to our website at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab. Find the link for SuperSource. And if you sign up there, you will get three free months of dish machine rentals right now. You can also check them out at SuperSource.com. Or you can call Jason Ellis directly at 770-337-1143. Um, the, the group that you worked for, um, right. learned a lot, but what did you learn? I'm sure you took a ton out of this. What did you learn from that whole experience? Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put that in words. Um, you know, there were, I mean, I lost a lot. I lost very close friends through that whole process. Um, mm. and you know, I think that uh, I was, you know, when you say courage, I think I was pretty naive to what that all entailed. Um, I wouldn't say that I in intentionally opened up a Pandora's box of um, what would become, you know, three years, essentially, of uh, back and forth legal process. But it you know, had I known that going in um, and known everything that had happened, it, it would have been a lot scarier to me for sure. So I, I, you know, it's difficult for me to think that I had any amount of courage going in because I just had no idea what was going to happen. Um, but I, you know, I definitely, I learned a lot about the law. I um, feel like <laughs> great paralegal uh, if anybody's looking. Um, but, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about, um, you know, even if it was backwards in some way, running my own business, uh, you know, what I what I don't want to do, how I um, don't want to act or react. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very reactionary person by nature and um, pretty highly charged. So I, you know, kind of made myself calm down a lot, really stop and listen to people um, and I don't know. Well, I think that's all good stuff. Yeah. I and mean, so you, you you said it a second ago. Um, how are you guys doing at 210 Jack right now with staffing? Um, I mean, we're great. And it's, you know, so pre-pandemic, we had, um, it was one of my the pr things I'm most proud of in my career is that there was, um, you know, about an 80% retention rate of staff for from our opening a uh, little, you know, seven and a half years ago or so now. And you know, that's just pretty incredible and unheard of in this industry. And um, now we're still doing great. It's a small team. I mean, we've still only hired back probably 50% or 60% of the staff. And, uh, you know, a lot of them came over from the Green Pheasant, which was great. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we really, really, really are family. And we really do take that seriously. And, you know, we... Um, have just done everything that we can to make sure that we're taking care of the entire team as a whole and keeping things flexible. There's been a lot of mental health talks. 
and maybe that's, you know, if nothing else through all of, you know, my career and through the ups and downs, um, over the last eight or nine years, then, uh, I've learned how important it is to be able to communicate when you're stressed and be able to communicate your, um, anxieties and how important mental health talks are, uh, in our industry and how infrequently that happens. Um, and you know, I mean, it really is a stressful job. Uh, every job in a restaurant, I mean, it's all highly charged. It's, it's all very stressful. Everything, you know, you, you compact everything, you, everything happens at the same time. So just in a couple hours, you know, you, five to six o'clock, maybe it's not crazy, but you know, 6.30 to eight o'clock at night, everything happens just like a lunch shift, you know, it's 11 to 12.30, it's all in. Um, and so all, you know, everything has to be cranking, all cylinders, you know, running and um, that can take its toll on a lot of people. And if you come in, if you've got other outside issues, if, you know, stuff going on with your family at home or um, anything, you know, it's, just you you don't really have an outlet for it um so yeah we talk a lot talk a lot at work these days about how people are doing with their their mental health and give them a really safe place for it how do you approach those conversations do you just recognize somebody that might be off for the day or something and say hey are you okay and pull them aside and it's just really yeah. how it works it's really how it works it's kind of it's in our core values which is you know it can sound a little bit hokey but uh, no. you know, a couple years into this, we, you know, Patrick Trey and I really decided that we wanted to establish what those core values were so that, you know, if we do end up making more two ten jacks one day, you know, what are we hiring by? What are we firing by? What are we looking for? And really pinpoint that those things, uh, and, um, what kind of culture we want to create. And so one, <laughs> one of the core values is actually called Jess hands. And it's you have uh, to go through all of them, by the way. You have to tell me oh, what they all are. No, don't put me on the spot. Put you um, on the spot. <laughs> jazz um, hands. Is that like jazz hands, but jazz it's hands? Almost, it's yeah, it's like this. It's almost like jazz hands. Um, and it kind of I didn't even realize that I was doing it until somebody said it one day. But it was it comes from the character Karen on um that TV show. Oh my gosh. What is uh, Will and Grace? And so when she, there is what like a couple, there are a couple episodes where somebody would be wearing something silly or doing something. She just kind of would walk up to um, Grace, you know, Grace's character and just, you know, what is this? What's going on here? What's going, you know, what's happening? What is this? What are you wearing? Um, and I would just kind of go up to people and I was like, what is going on here? What are you, what is this face? What is happening? What are you doing? What's going on with you? Um, and sometimes, you know, people were just kind of, I mean, like, uh, uh, swear, somebody just broke down one day and just started crying. And I was like, you know, stunned um, and pulled them outside. And and they just kind of unloaded a lot of family stuff that was going on. Um, and that just kind of continued because you can really tell. I mean, if you walk in and I'll be bubbly and I try to always just rock the positive when I hit that door and uh, you walk in and I'm all like, hey, how's it going? Somebody's like, fine. <laughs> You know, um, I'm like, what's up? You want to talk about it? And you don't always want to talk about it, you know, and that's fine. But just letting somebody know that you're there, you know, what can I do? You having a crappy day? Do you want to host instead of serve? I can move this person over. I can have a smaller section. People then feel, you know, heard, seen. Um, what are you doing? He wants something. He's probably not supposed to have it. 
What you doing? He's gotten up into an office chair that spins, so it might just be that. Oh, he's just happy. He's just in a cool he's chair. Spinning. <laughs> right. So Jess, Jess hands is one of your core values. And what does yeah. that mean? Like if I walk up to you and I do this, I need to know what's going on with you. Yeah. Or I mean, is this something that we can all do? Kind of doing a check-in because I mean, it's something is, something's off. It's, you know, I'm noticing that your normal energy is different. Um, and so we just kind of all check in with each other, you know, and it can be anything. I mean, somebody's just a little bit more quiet on a shift, um, or, so, or, you know, best case scenario, somebody comes in exuberant and is just kind of bouncy and having a great, we want to celebrate whatever's going on in their lives too. I want to know about that. You know, I want to know what's making you really happy and, um, celebrate with you. So, uh, definitely goes back both ways. Um, so let's go back to, let's just say you're hiring somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say you have two people that work there that fall in love and they get married, they're going to move to Sheboygan. And you're like, what? Nice. And now I've got two Sheboygan. positions available. Yes. And I get to go and visit Sheboygan. Because <laughs> this is your family. You got to visit your family. Right. What are, what is your best interview question? Um, my best interview. Do you want, do you want, do you want to role play with me right now? No. No, I no. Role playing is my actual nightmare. <laughs> no, um, actually, Hi, I'd like to apply for a job, please. I would rather be eaten by sharks than, <laughs> than role, role play. play. I'll be honest on a podcast for everybody wow. to hear forever on the internet. For, forever on the internet. You're like, on the internet. hello, thank you for your interest in applying for a job at Two Ten Jack. Yeah, my name is Jess. <laughs> you know, honestly, when I interview people, um, it's almost like a, I mean, I, it's almost date-like, uh, you know, I, it, I really want to know what your interests are. I want to know what you do outside of work. Um, I, I think I try to feel out that it's a match in, you know, kind of character, um, for our family, because even if somebody is super great at their job, um, you know, if they come in kind of with too much attitude or that, you know, I'm really, really great at this. You don't even worry about it. You should hire me. Um, you know, that's a little bit of a put off. But also, I want it to be a match for them. So I like to tell them about myself. I like to tell them about our history and where, how we got there and um, how we like to do things and how I like to, you know, cross train and how we have people who prep in the kitchen, roll sushi, host and bartend, that same person, you know, like it. Um, because then you can fill in anywhere. I like to keep the schedule flexible. Um, I don't work well with set schedules. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, we, it's just more talking and I really like to find out about them and what they like to do. I want people to have a life. I want people to have free time. I want people to have other things that they enjoy doing. Um, it's important. It is important. Balance, Balance yeah. is I mean, important. Yeah. Serving and you know, it's not really, I, it, it's definitely a career. Um, but for a lot of people, it's not a life career. Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, I want to, I think I just more talk to people about things. I like to know, you know, honestly, like what's made them leave other jobs. Um, what they didn't like in other restaurants, because that can always help me be better. Um, I asked Margot McCormick this question and she said, I like to ask people what they're going to bring to the table. 
Oh yeah. She was, I love that. She said, she said, I asked people, what are you going to bring? What can you offer the restaurant? What can you contribute to this restaurant? If you're joining our team, like what can you bring to the table uniquely you, what do you have? And right. I thought that's a fun question to ask. And then she asked, she goes, I like to know, like, she's like, I don't get into the technical stuff. Like, can you name three of the villages in Beaujolais? Like, no, I want to know. Do you I've have never dogs? Asked that question. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I'm just saying, she said, do you have dogs? And I, I thought, so that that is now a question that I ask people in an interview. I'm like, do you have pets? Like, what do yeah. you, or do you care about question. other things? Do you want to take care of, you can't, because you can't ask if you have children. Right. That's, that's a, that is a no-no question. That's but the asking, do you have pets is a, because that means you have a dog. I care. I, I care for something like that. It's a whole, it shows a different right. side of people, I think. Which now I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find a dog because I realized after yeah. she asked that question that that's the thing I'm missing in my life. It's time for you to get a dog. Oh my god! <laughs> so far beyond time for me to get a dog. I'm ready. <laughs> you can puppy sit mine for a couple of days if you want. Really get a feel yes, for it. Yes, I will. Okay. Okay. Done. Okay. I, I'll take him tonight. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll drop him off. <laughs> hey, I want your dog. Your dog is adorable. <laughs> Crazy dog envy. So you don't have a staffing problem because you live by these core values. You treat people really well. I imagine that it's a pretty good working environment. Um, I think so. I hope so. That's always been my goal. Um, Which could be also something that you've learned from your whole experience working in a, a really tough work environment. Yeah. I mean, several tough working environments for sure. And yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just been so many places where you, you know, if you ask off for a Saturday night uh, and they just don't give it to you and they don't say anything and they just post a schedule and you're just on and you're like, I mean, I can't even ask for one Saturday off like a month in advance. Um, or you want to take on a second shift or you go back to school or they just get mad at you and then spitefully like mess with your schedule and only schedule you, you know, Monday, Wednesday lunch. And you're like, cool, I can't live off that. Uh, thanks. But, you know. I guess I, I'll quit. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, I guess that. And that's what they just don't want to fire you. So they're just putting you in a position to quit. And, um, I mean, it's just stuff that I hated that, you know, I, I really just learned backwards what I didn't want to do uh, and how I just I didn't, what kind of boss I didn't want to be, how I didn't want to treat people. And, you know, that's where we are now. So. I love it. Well, I'm couldn't be more excited for you. Just and I, I love your energy. I'm so excited to be able to catch up with you today. I know, same. I, like we need to just like hang out and uh, have a CBD soda or something sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that gold can. You know what I'm talking about? The gold can sake. Oh yeah, the mega can. The, like, well, not maybe it wasn't Mega Camp, but the Funaguchi. Um, the Funaguchi. Yeah. I remember being at Green Feather, like, dude, you got to try the gold can. It was my mission in life to find that in every liquor store. And I never I did because that was the. It in Nashville. Oh, no, no. I couldn't find it any, anywhere. And it was so good. Yep. Well, we've got it. Go Jack. Um, it, well, I don't drink anymore, but. Oh, that's right. That's right. If I did, I'm, I I still dream about it sometimes. It's so good. Um, you know, it's funny. That's it's like a 
daily drinker in the convenience stores and the convenience um, in Japan. So like all around Tokyo, all the little convenience you go to, it's like $2 in the, um, in the, you know, 7-Eleven there. Uh, the last trip that we took, I wanted to go to, and it's a fun, if you're watching this and you're already on YouTube when we're done here, um, if you look up like uh, Nagata, uh, N-I, yeah, I think it's two eyes. No, it's just one, N-I-G-A-T-A. Uh, Nagata, like sake lockers. Um, there's on the, uh, across the country from Tokyo, there's a prefecture, it's called Nagata. There's a little town called Shibata. And the train station there has all these sake lockers, like 300. And for, uh, you just buy little coins and you can just taste all these different sakes. Uh, in this train station. And so I wanted to go to this train station, right? And then we, you know, everybody's making fun of me that was going on that trip for wanting to take a three hour train to go sample 300 different sakes out of these lockers in a train station. But I wanted to do it. Japan is weird. Let's go. Um, nowhere else in the world has stuff like that. So we were going to go. And then the where they make Funaguchi is actually in Shibata. It was in that town. So we got to go to the brewery where they make Funaguchi also. Um, and um, do tours there and taste all the different funaguchi that they make that they don't bring to America. And um, it was it was incredible. I drove for the first time in Japan on the opposite yeah. side of the road. Yeah. And, uh, there were lots of experiences. And, you know, nobody died. So we made it. Bonus. Yeah. It was a we close call. It. Several close calls. One big close call. Uh, let's talk about your food real quick. And then we will get you out of here. It's not typically, this, I always say this isn't a podcast about food. It's about food people. Oh, okay. But if people out, let's do this, we won't call this talk about your food. We'll talk about this promotion. If people have not been to 210 Jack, you have the location in East Nashville. And then you yeah. also, are you still open in Chattanooga? You're still open in Warehouse Row in Chattanooga. Nice. Um, Chattanooga is lunch and dinner. And um, the goal is to get Nashville open for lunch. Well, little teaser really? there. Yeah. We're, we're, we've been working on some stuff. So we are, we are hopeful and optimistic um, that that will happen sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, we would love to be able to open for lunch. Moo appearance. You heard it here first. Oh, there's a moo appearance. There he <laughs> is. I could take puppy appearances all day long. All right. He's a sweet one. Um, so yeah. What's that? How long have you had moo? We got him the very end of January, so a few months. Oh, yeah. My, uh, I'm, I'm Jones and Jones is my doggy. So you're going to open for lunch, hopefully, when? Do I you mean, have a date? let's set a target date right now. You and I, let's set a target date. Let's do it. <laughs> well, let's set some goals. Target dates eternally that we have, they are long gone. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe like the end of the summer would be great. Um, we are, you know, we've got a basement area. We're just doing some build outs there and ugh. let's okay. say July 31st. Okay. That seems soon, but yeah, that's the, that's, that's close to the end of summer. Then you're going to be prepared, ready for fall. Yeah. Well, see, I feel like it's a Nashville summer, so it's still like 92 degrees in September. So, All right. August 15th. I just bought you two more weeks. All right. All right. All right. Let's August say. 15th is our opening day for lunch <laughs> at 210 Jack and East Everybody Nashville. You heard, it. you heard it here first. It is my wife's birthday. Oh, nice. That is, on, that, that is a Sunday. So oh. we'll look for that mon Monday the 16th. Okay. All right. My wife's 40th. Nice. We should come celebrate my wife's 40th. birthday lunch. 
Yeah. We just booked a trip to St. Martin for her for her 40th birthday. Yeah, that's great. No mask. We're going to Mexico. We're, we're just, we just said, fuck it, hey. let's roll. I mean, the flights have been so cheap. I've booked like three different, um, three different trips because everything's so cheap and refundable. So I have no idea. We it's like a we might just flip a coin and we have no idea where we're gonna end up. But we are we are hopeful, really hopeful. It's a real long shot, but we're we're really keeping our fingers crossed for Japan um, for Christmas. So we'll that's what we were supposed to do last year. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But yeah, we would love to do Japan for two weeks uh, and spend Christmas there this year in northern Japan in uh, Sapporo. Okay. I know nothing about Japan. Wow. It's beautiful. It's an island. <laughs> I, I did know that. <laughs> I know my sister has climbed Mount Fuji with oh, my dad. That's impressive. They did that. Yes. Uh, she lived in, uh, well, she lived in Tokyo, I believe, for a couple of years. And then my dad flew out and they did a bunch of fun stuff. But cool. tell me, tell me anything. What, what, what should I know about Japan in like 30 seconds? Uh, it's just, it, it's, you should go. It should be at the top of your list. Uh, it should be okay. at the top of everybody's list. They are, uh, Japan has the, they're so kind um, and so polite and so patient. It's so much easier than you think it's going to be. They are so thoughtful. Um, there's just that as, as a culture, the they have a word called omotanashi. Uh, and it's, it means to kind of, it's just this level of hospitality that create that it, it outside of an industry um, it's welcoming someone into your home, um, being thoughtful about someone coming into your store, or really just even thinking about um, entertaining on any level, um, whether it's your friends, kind of anticipating what their needs are going to be before they even know that those needs exist. So everything over there feels somehow more comfortable, like uh, just uh, it's like cozy. And so many things have been thought of that you wouldn't even think you needed. Um that just make it convenient and comfortable and wonderful to visit. So, and it's just like the safest place in the whole world. All, all good awesome. things. Yeah. I love it. Um, Surprisingly inexpensive once you get there too. Really? Very, very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You have tattoos? Yeah, I do have tattoos. You get a bunch of tattoos, right? About several tattoos, yeah. Do you have a favorite tattoo? That you could tell us a story about? Yeah. So, um, that you could show us and like, if you can see this guy, there's, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do this right here for you. Oh, no. <laughs> You're the whole screen now. Okay. All right. So, we got flowers. Those like carnations. Wow. Um, so they're wild rhododendron. Uh, wild rhod a, okay. We, Trey and I got married. His grandparents have a cabin in uh, North Georgia and it's close to Helen. A lot of people are very familiar with Helen tiny little German-like town um, in North North Georgia. And they just have the most amazing tiny cabin. And it's, uh, it was built so long ago that it's um, kind of grandfather clause into being built within 75 feet of this creek. It's a large creek too, not what I would think of as a creek. Rushing water, you can fish in it. So you can't build that close to the water anymore, obviously, because of flooding. Um, <clears throat> so it's just gorgeous and it has all of these wild rhododendron everywhere uh and they're just beautiful and you know we love that place and uh it's just so, one of those really really special places so that's probably my every favorite. time you get to look at your arm you re remember that special place makes you smile 
It does. It makes me think of Trey and his beautiful family. And um, it's great. Well, we didn't get to talk about Trey today. We'll have to do this again soon. We'll have to bring <laughs> Trey on. We'll have to pop into the bedroom and wake him up, shove it right in his face. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do oh, God. No. I want to make it to 10 years married. We're almost there. <laughs> We're so close. Just walk in and be like, hey, babe, you're live on Nashville Restaurant <laughs> Radio. <laughs> it could be a first. It would just be, yeah, cracked, cracked screen. And it was go out. All right, let's do it. Let's do a ten o'clock at night episode with you and Trey. Okay. And um, we'll eat a bunch of Delta Eight gummies. Oh, that's and, gonna uh, be live. What's that? No, live, no editing, no nothing. Well, yeah, well, we will okay. go Facebook and, and Instagram and LinkedIn and all the okay. stuff YouTube live, YouTube and we live. will just. You know what I want to do? So I'm going to announce it. I'll announce it here. When you open for lunch, I'm going to start a new podcast. Okay. And I've got a studio being built right now. We're building a studio at, at Maribel. Is this for and real? This is oh, for what real. Is, what is, is this for real? What is this? This is this. <laughs> All of you have this a dog stuff. eating your hair. This is amazing. Okay. I love it. That's yes, so cool. Uh, that is for real. This, it's going to be called talking shift okay okay it's called talk and shift and what it is going to be is it's going to be a call-in show where we are going to do this format right here on the podcast but it's going to be live it's me me and then i'm going to have two guest hosts and we're going to take people coming on the show live and telling stories about crazy shit that happened in their restaurant or advice asking for advice or just telling stories, restaurant stories. Um, we're not going to allow people to say the names of the restaurants, but bad guests, crazy stuff that's going on, love triangle, advice stuff you need to know. Me and two other people. I think that you guys should be my first guest hosts with me to commemorate your opening for lunch. I would absolutely love that. You'll be real. the first guest host for Talk and Shift. We'll do it. At, yeah. It's going to be on Sunday nights from 9 to 11. That's so fun. Uh, I love the idea. That's perfect. Yes. So that's going to, we'll, we'll, let's set an official start date for August, the last Sunday in August. Okay. To commemorate your opening for lunch, which you will have open by August 16th. Okay. No uh, we're you're announcing it here. You're then my business partner. <laughs> that's what I do. He actually paid me to do this. Oh, that's, I have no Chris doubt. Said, he said, hey man, uh, will you I get her no to commit doubt. to this lunch thing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, is so, really dragging her feet on this lunch thing. Yeah. There it is. I've, I've made the announcement now to everybody else. Talk and Shift podcast is going to start August, what is it? 29th, August 30th. What's the last Sunday in August? I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be August the 29th. Is going to be our first episode. So, okay. be there or be square. I mean, I'm putting it yeah. on my calendar. So, well, then it's then it's real. It's going on the Google calendar. All right, I'm going to put on my calendar. That we're having lunch on this. Well, I won't be there on the 16th, but I'll be there the next week because I'm going to be out of town. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jess. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having yeah, me. Calendar's full. I love you. You're one of my favorite people. You. Thanks I'm for so being excited to with me and giving me a I, year to, to get here. 
Well, now that you've been here, you know it's an easy thing. Whenever you have something to say or you want to come on the show, you just call me and be like, hey, dude, I want to be on the show. I got some stuff to say. Whatever it is, I got yeah. you. You can come on whenever you want. You have a open, open-ended pass whenever <laughs> you want to be on the show. You want to guest host the show. I don't care. Whatever you want. You got it. That's, that'd be fun. I'd do it. Yeah. There you go. You have a studio. You're on, you're on yeah. point. On it. Every episode, I let... I. I offer this up to my guest. I like for you to give us a Jerry's final thought, kind of a, you get to take us out, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say for as long as you want to say it, floor is yours. Wow. <laughs> the most pressure. Um, I, you know, I, I think let's go back to the mental health thing. I think I want to say that I think that's, um, one of the things that is, if not the thing that's that's lacking the most in our industry, in the hospitality industry, um, you know, I if you are staying in the hospitality industry and continuing forward, uh, you know, thank you. And that's wonderful. And, um, you know, make it a point to seek out those places that, that help you feel safe and help you feel uh, comfortable and, you know, discussing any issues inside or outside of the workplace that happen and that you need to talk about that work with you through difficulties in your life um, that don't, you know, hold it against you. Um, seek those places out because those are the ones we want to stick around for a long, long time. And those are the ones everybody else wants to support. And um, we'd love for all the great staff in the world to be at those types of places. And I think that's it. Amazing. Thanks. You are, uh, you're an angel. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Then I love what you just now said. Oh, thanks. It's important. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Tell Trey that I said hello, and we will see you guys for a talk and shift. That's it. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much to Jessica Benefield for joining us here on Nashville Restaurant Radio. And I guess the cat's out of the bag that Talking Shift, our newest podcast, is going to be coming out soon. So we will start promoting that, uh, and I will put a little post up that talks about it today. So thank you guys for listening. Again, go find your favorite episode that we've got out there. Click the go to anchor.com or you know go to our website nashrestaurantradio.com. Find the episode. Click the there's a little button you can click to share it, and share a post. Go on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you do it, and share your favorite episode. We love to have you. Um, help us build our audience. So thank you so much. Hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.